The weekend just got more entertaining. It's Weekend Joe on Claves Online, driven by Munganast, St. Louis Acura. Hear from some of the big names in St. Louis and national sports every weekend. And now, here's Joe Roderick and me, I'm Andy Hanselman. Hey, and welcome on in. It's another week of Weekend Joe here uh, on ClabesOnline.com. We're driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura. A uh, Just an exciting week because baseball is finally here. I am Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hanselman. And Andy, I believe between the two of us as we're Skyping here, we are wearing one set of clothing. Yeah, you're not wearing a shirt, and uh, I, I told you I wasn't wearing pants. I, I, I am wearing pants. Ah, but. okay. I'm wearing pants. I'm wearing shorts. Uh, but I came home. So my Fridays now are uh, are a bit hectic around the time we record, because we record around 5-ish, maybe 6 o'clock um, on Fridays and put this out there Saturday mornings. And I teach a cycling class at 4.30 now on Fridays. And then I do usually do my Walmart pickup. Right after that, Andy, I go and I get in my little bay and they uh, they bring me my uh, my groceries and then I bring them home and then I come down here and do this. And one of the rules at the gym now is we're not allowed to have the overhead fans on. Oh, no. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. Um, so last Friday was the first class I taught all week long. People were complaining about how hot the uh, exor- the group exercise class was. And I'm thinking, ah, these people, they haven't, they haven't worked out in months. They're just out of shape. That's why that they're complaining about how hot it is. Whatever, whatever, people. Just, you know what, bring a towel and wipe yourself down. You guys are stupid. Right. Just deal with it. I taught a class there last Friday, and I walked out of there, and I was like, huh, those fans make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> I have not ridiculed one person all week long for complaining about how hot the oh, students I bet not. were. But yeah, do, do fans spread COVID? Is that the problem? I believe that is uh, that is what we've been told. So whatever. I, I as I have been telling people, there are there are bigger decision makers than me putting these uh, edicts down, and right. I'm just listening to uh, to them. So that uh, so I had that, and then when you look at everything else we've done this week uh, with the roundtables that we've done, we made the big announcements that Ryan Kelly's on board with us here on Claves uh, Online. Alex Ferrario has joined the team for Blues coverage. We have a lot going on this week. And Andy, we did a lot of recording this week. And with that, when I did the filming for this in the past, I would stand in front of my whatever wall I decided to stand in front of. Right. And Andy, after doing about three damn hours of recording of that stuff, I can't stand anymore while doing this. So I have set up a new backdrop where I can sit in a chair and do this now. I like it. I like what you have displayed behind you. Um, it's yeah. a little girly. What's girly? The piece of furniture is. Ah, okay. I mean, it's a desk, whatever. Yeah, it's like it's a credenza that has like you know overhead storage on it. Yeah, uh, it's nice, but it just doesn't scream. This is a this is a set, and I'm a man. Wait, there's, I mean, Andy, there is beer. There are beer bottles over my right shoulder. Joe, it doesn't scream. I'm a man. Andy, there are beer bottles. There is a 2006 
Bud World Championship Budweiser bottle, a 2011 Budweiser beer bottle, and a large can of Big Hurt beer over my right shoulder. What is not? And then I have I have football. Hell, Andy, I have a little voodoo doll of the Undertaker behind me. What is not manly about that? You know what else I have behind me, Andy? I have God. Who is that again? Um, I, I always forget who this player is. Todd Frazier with his bobblehead of Todd Frazier with his sleeves cut off, holding a WWE Championship belt behind me. And you then know, I have a bo- I have a bobblehead of Jay Randolph Sr. Yeah, is that Jennings Sr. up there behind you? It is. Yeah. I see I see either Pixie or Paisley back behind you as well. That's Pix. Yeah, that's uh that's Pixie behind me after a uh, bath from back in her younger days. Uh not sure how many more shows uh, she has with us, Andy, as oh, yeah. we uh, as we go week to week on this. Yeah. She's not doing too hot. She's not. And you know what? Every night I put her to bed and I ask her to make the decision easy for me. That's uh, that's that's my little pep talk I give to my uh, nearly 14-year-old dog every night. Oh, you're not being selfish now, are you? I, 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 I feel I just, you know what? It's not a decision I've ever had to make before. It's a tough one. So I, I ask her to make it for me. That's That's pretty well, much what I'm doing. And not, I don't want to dwell on this because it's one of the saddest things you'll ever have to yep. do. But making that decision is is never fun. Uh, but uh, think of, think about how she lives how she's living her life right now, and would you want to live like that? So I get it. I know. I know. We're not. I. I. There are signs that I am waiting for that we have not gotten there yet with it. I. I do know I'm being selfish about it, but regardless, I. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's something that I've. Uh, it's been it's been a few weeks now that I've been I've been fighting with it. So it's uh, it sucks, but you know what? Um, like I said, 14, and I would I would agree. I would argue that she has lived a uh, very very good life over those 14 years. Hey, um, we have baseball. Last night, Cardinals started off their season. We debuted the uh, new show a uh, podcast daily podcast of Klabes uh, on, on here on Klabes online it's what's in the cards with Joe and Polo every single day I, I don't I mean we're okay yesterday was show one we got it up about an hour and a half before the game we're trying to get it up three two three however many hours before the game we're trying to get it up there I believe the first episode was only eight minutes long Andy and it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to do this show with Polo each and every day. So it's just another bit of content that we are adding here on ClabesOnline.com and to all of the uh, the podcast sites as well. So, uh, Andy, we talked a lot of baseball. I talked a lot of baseball this week with our roundtables. I, um, I, I haven't really given my overall thoughts on this Cardinal team. I know that you and I have kind of just been talking about the fact that baseball's on its way, baseball's on its way, and now baseball's here. I'm going to say this, Andy. I am very, very excited to watch this pitching staff this year. I have talked all the way back in February about how excited I was for this pitching staff. I'm even more excited right now in a sprint of a season for this pitching staff. I think it's going to be very special what what they will do with the defense behind them. I just need to see a spark of offense at some point. No, the offense has been just, I would say, terrible over the past two seasons uh, to the point where hopefully hopefully that you're not able to recognize it this year. Um, I, I don't know what changes they've made to where that can actually happen, but you're right about the pitching staff. The pitching staff is going to be absolutely outstanding. It's going to be a blast to watch. Uh, Jack Flaherty go, went last night. Um, just recording it before the game started. We don't know what happened, obviously. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it as well. 
it's it's going yeah and that's god his attitude and i i've talked about this so on the show today god i didn't even mention it all yet on the show today uh we have jason isringhausen mike lavalier and uh, um alex ferrario all coming up on the show today and izzy and i get into a conversation about jack flaherty and i tried to compare him to the intensity of uh of chris carpenter Izzy was not having it. I will tell you that uh, because what? of just the and just the overall body of work that Chris Carpenter had. But I will tell you this: Izzy is a huge, huge fan of Jack Flaherty and is very excited to see him pitch this year. Joe, Chris Carpenter was was a one in a million competitor. Uh, there are lots of guys that have a competitive spirit and that and and love to compete. Chris Carpenter was on another level. He was on a. I mean, he he. Bob Gibson would 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 is the name that comes to name or comes to mind when it comes to that kind of level of competition. But what did can give me a little preview of what of what Izzy said about that? He just he just said you can't compare what you know the the intensity of Carpenter and being there in the locker room with him and knowing that when you hand him the ball, knowing him what you're going to get each and every game in and game out and. To kind of put that pressure on Jack Flaherty, who's entering his, what, second full season? Not even, I mean, full season. I mean, you're looking last year, he was in the rotation for the whole season and what he did in the second half, just to kind of put that out there. I know he's a sexy pick for Cy Young this year. And after what Jacob deGrom did um, at the, to start the season on Friday, I think that, you know, it's going to be take an awful lot to, to win it away from, from a guy like a DeGrom or, uh, sure. you know, Scherzer got hit up a little bit Thursday night. By the way, did you see the highlight of Scherzer's home run to Stanton? I did not. I heard, I, I heard the call. I did okay, not. Okay, that's <laughs> – he knew the pitch. He knew it was a bad pitch before Stanton made contact. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> To just throw it, and I, that is—it's it, incredible that I mean, you know how split second it is to know that you have to swing the bat. It's I un, unbelievable that that he that he uh, was able to know right away that it was that it was a bad pitch. That I'm, was yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that when you do something a, a million bajillion times. And you know it as soon as it comes out of your fingers. Yeah, and you, I think it's just a, it's a it's a feel thing. It's got to be a feel thing to know whether or not you have been successful or not. I um, I I you know I wasn't a pitcher. I was a uh, I was a catcher. I was a good hitter. I never pitched, but every now and then, Andy, I would I would convince my coaches that it was a good idea to let me pitch an yeah. inning. Yeah, you know. Game was usually out of hand. We were, you know, somewhere far away where nobody really had to see it. And, you know, no parents were out there to watch their kid pitch and nobody gave a damn. And I, hey, let me, let me get an inning here. Let me, let me do that. And I, every pitch I threw was pretty much like, ooh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, Release it. And it was like, oh, I need an L screen in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> So I get I get where Max Scherzer was coming from Absolutely. with uh, with that yeah and that was every pitch of my brief pitching career 
in my uh, in my high school legion days. So that I I do I 100 uh, percent do agree with that. So yeah, the uh, so yeah, the the po- the podcast that I do at Polo. I mean, we're gonna do it every day, hours before the game, and it'll be a good one. Eight minutes, like I said, it's not going to take up much of your time. It's not like this show where. Uh, the show today is going to be well over two hours, and this is one that you either you're either sitting down doing nothing, you're listening to it, or you spread it out over a few days. I've had people tell me a, a variety of things with uh, with how they go about listening to Weekend Joe each and every uh, weekend. Some people save it for a Monday or Tuesday, Andy, and that's fine. Even though the name of the show is Weekend Joe, Andy, we I am absolutely fine if people want to wait till a Monday or a Tuesday to listen to it. I don't judge. Yeah. Um. That's why it's out there for you to listen to whenever you want. I mean, it's not really timely to the weekend. We just post it on the weekend. Right. Weekend Joe. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, busy, uh, busy show coming up for you today. Three guests on the, uh, on the docket. Um, so a, a lot to, uh, a lot to get to in regards to that. We got crack slippers for you at the end of the show. Uh, also, so we will, uh, we'll, we'll dive into that too at the end. Uh, but Andy, it was a big week this week. For teams, team names, I should say. Let's put, let's put it that way. It was a big week for team names. It's not As, often that you see a week where there are, you know, three team name announcements. Right. And three very different team name announcements, too. I, and one that people were excited about. One that people ridiculed. And one that... I don't think has any bearing at all on the world. And we'll start with that one because it was um, over a week ago. I want to say, I mean, it seems like two weeks ago now that the NFL team in our nation's capital decided they were going to drop their, uh, their team name. And for a while they were just kind of what NFL Washington or whatever you wanted to call them. And then they finally announced the other day, they are going to be known as the Washington football team and they're keeping the burgundy and gold colors and they're not going to really have a logo. They are going to go with numbers on the helmets. And I'll tell you what, I kind of want this to stick. Oh, you do. I do. Name me another team in sports that would be like that. I mean, I can't think of one. I mean, but it just it just brings back memories of like the dome at America Center, right? The dome that people eight. knew it by. Yeah. So why not just be the Washington Football Team? This week, the Raiders are taking on the Washington Football Team. Ladies and gentlemen, it's <laughs> your Washington Football Team. <laughs> Hail so- to the Washington Football Team. Joe, it kind of sucks. <laughs> I like it's different, and I like it. You're you're gonna tell me, you're gonna go from being the Washington Football Team, and you're gonna try to put any kind of name on that that's gonna be a badass name that's gonna fit after this. I was a I was really hoping that they'd pick up the Washington Red Tails, which was a like like a, like an army uh, group or air force that like a fighter pilots. And they had a, they had a that, really yeah. cool logo set up, and it was kind of neat. I think that's the way they they might go. I, I I could I could see them possibly heading there with that. I I don't think that's out of the uh, realm of possibility there. So, 
is brigade the word I was looking for? Yeah, I think so. All right. So I, I do think that that's a possibility. But I mean, come on. That's okay. Cool. Red tails, whatever. You know what? It was cool when you're walking around DC with a Washington football team t-shirt on. I would buy that. I'm sure you would. I'm a fan of the Washington football team. Yep. Who's your team? Like I I like Washington NFL or like you know like you know all these teams do like like FC in the name like you know or 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 what your 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 friends over in Bournemouth. I, we're gonna go, so we're gonna get to your whole uh, watch NFL that we're gonna get to that in crack slippers, but it's funny you mentioned the FC because it was announced so in August the St. Louis uh, MLS team is going to get their team name and logo and colors and everything. They uh, they announced the Charlotte team this past week. Andy, they're they're just Charlotte FC, the okay. Charlotte Football Club. I really but hope it, they don't do that here. I really hope it's not just St. Louis FC. So I'll, I'll I'll give my thoughts on that. But Andy, their logo, yes, intertwined the letters C, L, and T. Joe, that's Andy, inappropriate. Andy, it doesn't look good. Can't it, do that, Joe. No, it does not look good. Um, it's similar to like if St. Louis were to put like a you know STL, but like have SLT, like it looks like that. Like that wouldn't look right. good either. Joe, it's like it's the word that rhymes with the name Dolores. Nope, 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 nope. We, Andy, I think I laid it out well enough to where I don't think we need to tell people what we mean. <laughs> I think we are just fine leaving it where we left it. What's funny is that we're not on terrestrial radio anymore. Haven't been I, for a few months. Yeah. And we, and we can absolutely say that word. And we can use the F word and S words and all that stuff. We don't. This, right. is, a classy pro, this is a classy program, Joseph. Right. So... I just I think that they need to rethink that. I don't know how that made it through as many people as it did. Yeah. So my new thing, Joe, is I'm I'm gonna start doing it uh, on Twitter, and it's gonna be called "Who Approved This?" Right. Like there's there's the the the, the gas station K U M and go. Right. Who approved that? Who approved that? It's not okay. There, there is a, uh, there's a Twitter account out there that's you had one job that's similar to that. I also have, um, I bought some shampoo at Sam's Club. It's their members mark shampoo. Okay. So, I mean, shampoo can be any color you want it to be. It doesn't need to be any specific color. Mm-hmm. This shampoo resembles, I, I don't even know how to say it. I don't know. What, I, okay. It's, what, what color is it? It's cream colored. Oh, okay. I mean, I've seen, I think I've seen like shampoo and body wash like that. I don't think that's, I don't it's, think that's really crazy. It's worse than, than anything I've ever seen before. I don't think it's that crazy. Joe, it looks, I can't even say it. I know, we, I know that I'm allowed to say it. I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass Mike Claiborne. No, yeah, you. I think you already said it too. So I think you're, uh, yeah, I think you're, you're I close did, to uh, it, saying it. So I'll, I'll just change the, I'll change the topic and I'll keep going with these logos because you know what? Who hit it out of the park this week is the NHL thirty second team, based out of Seattle, Andy. And it, by the way, oh, the, the the MLS thing with the St. Louis. I don't care if they go with the St. Louis FC. I kind of hope that the fans, because I know that the dogs is a big uh, is a yeah. 
what people are wanting to be called, just call them the dogs. If they go with the St. Louis FC, call them the dogs. Make that their unofficial official nickname and sell merchandise that just says the St. Louis dogs and make it work. You force them to call you the dogs. So anyway, the Seattle NHL team, Andy, the Seattle Kraken. Now, what is a Kraken? Like a, you've never seen it, like release the Kraken, like a like out of the ocean, it comes out like a big squid or octopus. The tentacles just coming and crashing through ships and and just killing people and destroying everything. Is it a fictional animal? I mean, I think it's one of those where it's like, okay, maybe it's just a giant squid or a giant octopus, and here come the tentacles. But I think it's mostly like, yeah, I think the size and the stories have been overblown over the years. Okay. Completely fine with the name. And yeah, there's two problems, though. There's two problems. I saw the logo and I saw what they were putting together for it, and it looked pretty cool. Yeah. The, the logo, like the, the with the K and it has the tentacle in it. They have yeah. another logo that looks like an anchor and it has the space needle in it. Like the logos are cool. The colors are cool. I approve of it. Andy, first off, Krakens are known for being uh, Norwegian Atlantic Ocean um, creatures. Okay. They're in the Pacific Northwest. And Andy, my only other issue with it is the baseball team is called the Seattle Mariners. Okay. You know who the biggest enemy of Krakens are? Mariners. Mariners! <laughs> Seamen, Andy. Seamen. Yes. That goes back to Men our of pre- the sea. That's, a, that's called a callback and a double entendre, by the way. <laughs> Two for one there. I appreciate that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, sailors and men of the sea and mariners try to kill Krakens, and Krakens try to kill them. I mean, it's just I, there's just all kinds of fighting between the mariners and the right. Krakens. And the, I'd like to I'd like to see those two mascots go after go after each other. And you really, might as well. Really you compete. might as well make it well rounded. And when you ha- finally get that NBA team back in Seattle. Have them be called like the bird killers or something to go after the Seattle Seahawks. Well, maybe that's maybe they should be like the Seattle Tridents because that way that way you can give the that way you can give people weapons. The Mariners already have Tridents. That's right there in their low in their old school logo. There's a trident on a uh, on a big what's the the wheel that you, you what's that called the wheel that you use to steer the ship. There's got to be a there's got to be a nautical name for that, right? There probably is. Would imagine, but still, kills. It goes out there. The Krakens kill the Mariners. The Mariners try to kill the Krakens, and now you have them both up there in Seattle. But I digress. It's uh, yeah, big week for that. Um, we have coming up Jason Eggsringhausen, Mike Lavalier, and um, Alex Ferrario, our newest teammate here on Claves uh, Online. So a busy, busy show. For all of that, as I said, a new show up on the website as well is What's in the Cards with Joe and Polo. Each and every day, uh, game day, we are going to have a, uh, a new podcast for you up on the uh, up on the site, uh, five to ten minutes long, just getting you the lineups and the, the what-have-yous for the game ahead. And it's driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, the nation's only 28-time Acura Precision Team winner with one of the nation's largest Acura 
inventories, you can find out more by going to their website, stlouisacura.com. This is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. And we take a break. When we come back, uh, Jason Isringhausen, Izzy, the Cardinal Hall of Famer, joins us right here. Maybe you've been thinking about doing some home improvements. Well, the timing has never been better to do those projects. Let's drop your rate and get you the cash you need to make those improvements today. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. The Home Loan Expert LLC, NMLS number 1326241. And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com. It's Cardinals opening weekend. Here we sit the end of July, and it's the start of the uh, 2020 Major League Baseball season. So I thought, why not kick things off with a Cardinal Hall of Famer? He is Jason Isringhausen, and he joins us now. Izzy, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you? No, just uh, looking forward to a little bit of normalcy, being able to come home at night and watch some baseball. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a great sight to see. I mean, a few things a little different, but it's still going to be baseball. I was going to say, I mean, here we sit in, in July. Were you down in Jupiter back in March when things got shut down? No, I was uh, I was supposed to fly down like uh, two days from the time that Mr. Mosellet gave me a call and said, hey, hold off for right now. We don't know what's going on. Things might change. And then it wasn't an hour later. He said, no, nope, cancel your plans. We're shutting everything down. And uh, everything got a little crazy after that. So uh, what have the last four months been like for, for you, a guy that, I mean, you've gone from playing to now traveling, coaching, doing all this stuff. It's, this has to be just a completely different world for you right now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's been nice and it's been uh, different, you know, it's been nice because I got to spend a lot more time with my family, got to see a lot more uh, now that we started up little league sports and things like that. It's been nice to be with the family and, and be able to work with the kids, go swimming with the kids and things like that. And uh, in Illinois, we finally opened up the golf courses. So I've been trying to uh, punish myself at trying to get better at golf. So it's been uh, it's been different, but, you know, a lot of family time. But, uh, yeah, we've missed baseball. I missed the traveling. Um, you know, they always say the absence makes the heart grow fonder with my wife. But uh, we kind of get on each other's nerves a little bit right now, a little more than normal. Izzy, I feel like you and I have have chatted. Uh, I want to say it's been about six years now that you and I have gone back and forth chatting. And I, I think that you've been golfing that entire time. And if you haven't figured it out by now, I don't think it's coming. You know, I think I just I keep telling myself it's not not that hard of a game because the ball's not moving. It's just swing and hit the ball. But it seems to get harder and harder the more I try it. And uh, but I do enjoy it because it's just me against me. and. Um, you know, I'm getting there, but I still got a long way to go. So uh, you, uh, as a special instructor with the Cardinals, you travel around to all the minor league teams. Did you keep in touch with anybody over the last few months? Where Was there any kind of communication at all? Yeah, you know, you, you kind of check in with some of the guys that you kind of grew close to. And then um, even guys that I didn't think I was that close to have reached out to me and asked me what was going on. And, you know, at, at one point I didn't have any answers for him. But then, uh, you know, we got the answer that uh, there wasn't going to be any minor league. So uh, I had to tell a few guys that. And um, I still see videos of them working out and stuff. They, they post and uh, they're, they're doing their thing. They're acting like, you know, there's going to be a season, which is all we can do right now. Um, 
these kids are getting a, another year of rest and another year of, um, you know, working out and we'll just, we're going to see where it takes us till next year. And, uh, but it's just a shame that these kids are losing a year, but you know, they're not alone. The high school, the college kids have all lost a year of, uh, sports and, um, you know, sports is usually what brings a lot of people together, but without sports, it's been a different, uh, I think it's been a different country for sure. We, we've seen so much with the schools and your girls, uh, like my son had to do a lot of e-learning this, uh, this past, uh, end of the school year <laughs> into the, into the uh, start of possibly the 2020 fall session. Is there e-learning in baseball? Is, is there a way that you can help a pitcher by just something that you see on a webcam or through uh, talking on a phone? Well, I think if, if they want to send me videos, we can always go over stuff, but, um, you know, it's it's going to be a little different for these guys. I mean, and, and for my family, it's like I, I make the joke that, like, I couldn't do sixth grade math when I was in sixth grade, let alone when I'm almost 50. And uh, it's uh, it's been hard uh, to get my 10-year-old to sit down and do homework. But, you know, it's, it's a different way of doing things. And uh, these guys, if they want to send us videos as coaches, we can always give them pointers. But, you know, it's it's a totally different animal. But. I see a lot of guys staying sharp, or at least trying to stay sharp, and uh, I mean that's all they can do right now. I don't know if you can talk on this if you're if you're allowed to, or even if you have an answer to it. With minor leagues being shut down, how are those players that are with the minor leagues of the Cardinals? How are they? Are they now free to do their own thing? How does that work with them for the uh, summer? No, I think um, I actually talked to uh, Mr. Mose like the other day, and he's trying to work. I guess a few guys, certain parts of the con- country are having independent ball. And uh, I think a couple of the guys reached out and wanted to play in this independent ball. And I think they have to get permission from uh, the St. Louis Cardinals to play. And, um, you know, it depends on who they are and, and where they rank in the system, if, if Mo wants them to play or not. But, um you know, certain parts of the country, you know, down to Texas, I think they're having some independent ball, but I'm sure um, the Cape Cod League shut down. So I, I don't really know how they're going about this, but, you know, they got to do whatever they got to do, I guess. Yeah, and you made a good point saying that they, you know, everybody's kind of in the same boat from high school all the way up to, you know, some of these AAA guys that a lot of them, they, they might have to go and do it on their own. They might have to just work out on their own or, or do something to uh to kind of get them ready for whatever 2021 might bring yeah i mean the only problem is you hope if they're going to someone for guidance you hope they're teaching them the right way uh you don't want them to come back and have a little setback because what they've learned over this past year of of not being with us uh i'm not saying that we're the no we're the all know all but you know there are some coaches out there that may teach them the wrong way to do things and uh Last thing you want to do is see when a kid goes on their own that they hurt themselves. So with the with, with the Cardinals that we know are in St. Louis or, or in Springfield as we get ready to start the season and as this airs Saturday morning, the Cardinals already had their first game Friday night. How difficult do you think it was or, or was it at all for them to kind of get restarted back with summer camp at the start of July? Well, I don't think it was. I I would probably guess. I mean, I know if it was me, I would have been chomping at the bit to get going again. You know, you just hope that they have been doing the right things and staying healthy and keeping their arms in shape to where they where they got the uh, the go time, the go button that 
they didn't come in there and hurt themselves. And from what I can see and what I can read is that I think everybody's in pretty good shape. Um, I think I, I was watching the game on uh, what is they I watched the game on Wednesday, and it looks like Mike List was up to 75, 80 pitches. So, I mean, as long as the starters are getting to 75, 80, 90 pitches, I think we're going to be good to go. Yeah, that and uh, that's what I've, you know, hearing or hearing around a lot of camps that a lot of these pitchers, you would think, I mean, it's the end of July. If they stayed on any kind of routine, they they all should be ready to go eight, nine innings right from the get-go, right? I mean, what would stop them from being that ready? Well, I mean, as long as they're doing their work, nothing should stop them. But, you know, when you're when you're working on your own and you're just kind of throwing so-called side sessions to maybe to a friend that's catching, that's not quite the same intensity as it will be to face, uh, you know, the Detroit Tigers or the whoever else they're playing, the Twins or whoever else they're playing early on. So when the lights come on, you know, the adrenaline gets going and uh, you hope that you're in the right uh, frame of mind and your body's in the right um I don't, you're in the, so you're not hurting yourself. Looking back at all the years that you've been involved in this Cardinal organization, you, you've seen a lot of intense pitchers. Uh, I would, I would probably have to say Chris Carpenter probably is number one as far as teammates that you've had. Is that a safe bet? Yeah, I mean, Carp, yeah. <laughs> Carp was Carp was a total bulldog on the mound. You know, he never wanted to, uh, he never wanted to have the manager take the ball from him. You know, and. Um, just to think about what Carp would have been without some of the injuries. I mean, it would have been amazing to watch. I mean, I got to watch his probably his best years as a pitcher, you know, from the bullpen. We knew when Carp was starting that, you know, we may not pitch that day. And, you know, and there's just not that many guys that when you know one goes to the mound that he plans on throwing nine innings. His job was to outlast the other starter. And when he was with the Cardinals, he was one of the best, that's for sure. And uh, his mentality, he's starting to pass down to some of these newer guys like Jack and Dakota. It's exactly where I was going with that, Izzy. I was, I was, I was wanting to kind of get your, I get a, an idea of what Jack Flaherty, what your thoughts on him as far as that intensity goes. When you hear him talk, when you see him pitch, compared to somebody like a Chris Carpenter. Well, it's hard to to put somebody in the same boat as Carp. I mean, um, Jack has the ability to do that. I think Jack's learning mentally how to deal with uh, with some things. Uh, Jack has never really failed in his life. So, you know, when he hits those bumps in the road, which we all do as a professional athlete, that's when, uh, you hope the mental side of the game puts him in the right state of mind and he can bounce back quickly. What is, what is that like? Tell, I mean, tell me what that's like. I mean, cause you, you know, coming up when you are destined to be that major league pitcher and you, uh, you get up there, what is that, that like when you hit that first speed bump? Um, it's kind of like a kick in the kick in the face, you know, to say it nicely. Um, it's a podcast. It's not radio. You can say what you want to <laughs> say. Yeah. I mean, it's like a big kick in the nuts to tell you the <laughs> truth. I mean, you just don't know how somebody's going to react. I mean, it could be the end of somebody's, you know, career and, but you have to trust your routine. You have to trust yourself. You have to trust your teammates. And, uh, you know, you, you know, in between starts, if you've done everything that, you're supposed to be doing between starts, then just keep going after it. I mean, a lot of the times when you release the ball, a lot of the stuff's out of your control. And when you've got good stuff and, uh, you know, you keep going after it, things will turn around. But, yeah, when things are going bad, you think to yourself that it's that self-doubt. And when that self-doubt creeps in there, it can be a dangerous thing. But Jack is a very uh, confident young man. Um, 
has a lot of faith and a lot of things that keep him grounded. And I think he's going to be just fine. But will he hit a speed bump? Of course, everybody does. But I think Jack's speed bumps will be uh, rather small ones. It helps a lot when, especially when you're a pitcher, to have somebody like Yadi or Molina behind the plate to kind of help out with any of those bumps along the way. Well, of course. I mean, I mean, I was the same way. With we, I had I had Matheny first, and then Yadi. Those guys did such did so much homework that. I trusted what they put down was the right pitch. And then it's my job just to execute the pitch. I didn't have to think about what I was doing. Just follow the game plan and execute pitches. And Jack is a very mechanical guy. He's got great mechanics. He's got great control. He can put the ball where he wants. And if he follows Yachty, he's going to be just fine. Can you put yourself kind of in a in the minds of some of these players, what a 60 game season might be like compared to that marathon of the 162? Well, I just think um, there's a lot less room for error. I think if you have a bad week as a hitter or a pitcher, you may get passed by this season. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a sprint. And um, I think there is a plan for maybe going from 10 to 16 teams uh, I think they're talking about that before it has to be on opening day on Friday. And if that happens, well, then 16 teams get in the playoffs. That's, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of teams vying for a spot. And, you know, when you have that inkling of making the playoffs, you know, every game, every pitch, every at-bat's going to count. You know, we're doing the roundtable discussions here on Klabes Online this, uh, this week, kind of previewing the season. And one of the big topics that's been coming up is the DH, the universal DH. As a pitcher, Izzy, where do you stand on the universal DH? Well, I mean, I would, I mean, in this shorter season, I have no problem with it. I still think that um, the National League is a totally different game than the American League. And, but I understand where they're coming from. Um, I don't have a problem with it either way. I know a lot of starting pitchers love to hit. And if they get that taken away from them, they're not going to be happy. But, you know, it gives another guy on the team another chance to have a position on the team. Um, and it gets another guy on the field or another guy at bats. I, just, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think the old-timers are going to have a problem with it being in the National League. Because, you know, change is hard sometimes, but change is also good. When, when was the last – I mean, how many at-bats did you have in your career? Oh man, uh, maybe 120, maybe I don't know. My Is it that many? Years, yeah, oh, that you were a starter to start. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, my first two years I started, so maybe a hundred of bats. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really remember, but I mean, I know I love doing it. I love taking BP every day, and um, that's the part I that's the part I missed when they stopped taking BP as reliever, <laughs> relievers couldn't take BP anymore. BP anymore that that hurt, but it's just part of it. By the way, I, I just I brought it up here. Exactly 120 plate appearances in your career. Well, see, I'm not a stat rat, but I knew that number for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm Dude. not. I think I probably hit 220, maybe something like that. 202. So you you were close. Yeah. To, you had the you had the numbers right. You just had the other two in. Yeah. You, you had them mixed up. Do you were okay then? Here, I have it up in front of me. How many home runs did you hit in your career? Oh, I hit two home runs. I hit for the cycle in my career, so I, I know that. <laughs> who were the Who were those two home runs against? Um, in Pittsburgh, off Zane Smith, the old lefty, and then I hit one in Colorado off Ramon, Armando Reynoso. 
I don't, I'm not even going to look it up. I'm not, I, I'm just, I'm, I know that you have, oh. you have that knowledge with you and that is something that you will never forget. I, I don't even need to look that up or, or double check. Yeah. If, uh, I, if that's true. The one in Pittsburgh I hit, I hit it with Lance Johnson's uh, 37 ounce bat off Zane Smith. <laughs> it's, and that's uh, the one dog. I mean, that's, so that was who you probably oh. used the bat with when you hit the triple too, because that's what he was known for. No, no, I hit the triple when I was with St. Louis. That was off Joe Bimel at Bush Stadium. Bases loaded, triple off the right uh, right field wall. Uh, bases loaded, so you cleared the bases. Yeah, I came in to pitch the eighth. We had a long uh, uh, bottom of the eighth, and uh, I ended up coming up with bases loaded. Tony told me not to swing the bat. After the first pitch, I looked in the dugout, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm going to swing the bat, so... Second pitch, he threw right down the middle. I hit a uh, fly ball off the field in uh, right center and trucked around to third base and then proceeded to go out in the ninth inning and give up back-to-back doubles lead off the inning. But we were up by like eight runs, so Tony let me get after it. <laughs> was, was, he, was he upset about it afterwards? or Because the littlest thing could really upset Tony, right? Yeah, no, I mean, because everything worked out. So he just kind of laughed at me, and, I, and that was fine. It was... That was one of our moments. Tony and I had lots of moments together, but yeah, that was one of the ones I remember. As I'm walking up the steps, he's like, "Don't even think about swinging." I'm like, "Okay, boss." And then, and then you. So, but I mean, you had a better relationship with Tony than like Steve Klein did, so you were fine. Well, I I never flipped anybody off in the bullpen or or did anything like that. No, so yeah, Tony and I had a good relationship. Jason Isringhausen, uh, we appreciate the time. So we've been doing this day in Cardinal history since uh, here on Claves Online since the season was supposed to start back on March 26th. And I think I want to say you've been the topic of two or three of them that we've uh, that we've had so far. So I know that we've we've talked about you on Claves Online. I'm going through my notes here. I know one of them was the uh, the first win that you got as a uh, as a Cardinal pitcher. Um, in the, uh, I think that was, well, I guess, no, it was, um, your immaculate inning, uh, back in 2002. And then there was, there's one or two others that we had for you as well. Is there, as we approach the very unorthodox opening day for the Cardinal season, is there an opening day memory that you have from your time with the Redbirds? Uh, no, just, just every opening day. I mean, how special they were in St. Louis, um, not very often, you know, once a year, the Clydesdales come running around the field and that was always a, a majestic sight and with the cars and, uh, you know, I get to be part of these opening days from here on out because of the hall of fame and the, uh, this year or next year, whatever it's going to be my first opening day as a, with the red coat will be super special. And, uh, I get to be part of every opening day from here on out as long as I'm alive. And that's going to be pretty darn special it's something i never dreamed of but um you know get get being able to be in that ballpark on opening day is is a special kind of time i can't even imagine is he uh congratulations once again to opening day 2021 i mean they already put the schedule out for 2021 before we've played a game in 2020 so we can look ahead and uh we can we can figure out when you'll get to wear that red jacket in front of everybody so we look forward to it, and uh, we uh, we look forward to whatever it is you get to do with the Cardinals this season. 
Yeah, I just hope this COVID body will fit in that red coat again after all this. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I, you know what? And on top of that, I mean, I, I guess what Brooks Brothers filed for bankruptcy and they make the red jackets. So oh uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to find a local tailor to uh, <laughs> to get that to get that figured out. <laughs> I may have to get on a diet before next year. I guess that's what's gonna happen. Your your boy Edmonds is always working out and posting workout videos. So just get on something with him. That that will not be me. I promise you that. <laughs> Izzy, thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Joe. Talk to you soon, buddy. That's Cardinal Hall of Famer Jason Igsringhausen joining us here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com. Also sponsored by the Inskip Law Firm. Don't hesitate to call the Inskip Law Firm in St. Louis for all of your estate planning, your wills, your trust, your power of attorneys. Uh, your probate, workers' comp, any of that stuff. They they still do traffic tickets, too. Uh, but I, as you probably are well aware, traffic tickets aren't at a, uh, a high, an all-time high like they like they are most summers. Uh, but they will still handle those if you find yourself in that situation. With Corey Inskip at the Inskip Law Firm. That's I-N-S-K-I-P. I actually did an interview with Corey. Um, I think, was it the weekend or Monday? or so? I, All the days are running together for me. But did an interview with Corey where he kind of talks about everything that he has been helping clients with these past few months with COVID-19 and some of the things that he can help you to uh, maybe help you make, uh, maybe feel a little safer, a little more comfortable right now during these uh, during these weird times where you're you're not sure what life might be able to throw at you. That's the Inskip Law Firm. That's I-N-S-K-I-P. Take a break. When we come back, former Cardinal, former Pirate catcher, Mike Lavalier will join us here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on... Uh, ClavesOnline.com, now the exclusive home of Weekend Joe. Hey, St. Louis Acura has received the Precision Team Award 28 times more than any other Acura dealership in the United States. They have been serving the St. Louis area since 1986, located at 13720 Manchester Road in St. Louis. They are your premier realtor of new and used Acura vehicles, in the nation, that is Munganas, St. Louis Acura, the title sponsor here of Weekend Joe, now on ClavesOnline.com. And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, here on ClavesOnline.com. As we are kicking off baseball's opening weekend, talking a lot about the upcoming season. And I figured, well, since the Pirates are in town taking on the Cardinals, why not bring in a former Pirate, a former Cardinal? And, well, for for my my own, um, I guess, enjoyment, a former Chicago White Sox. And that's Spanky, Mike Lavalier. And we welcome him onto the show. Mike, how are you doing? Well, it's about as best as can be expected, Joe. Uh, like uh, many of us out there, just uh, trying to stay healthy. Yeah, and we, we were talking about it beforehand. Uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the gigs that you had with ESPN aren't uh, well. They, they didn't happen, whether it be college baseball or, or little league baseball. And it's uh, you know it's tough for the players involved, the families involved, and well anybody that uh, that was involved in that as uh, as well. So I, I guess what is uh, what is Mike Lavalier up to these days down in Florida? 
Well, not right now, not too much. I, uh, besides the broadcasting, I uh, would help over at State College of Florida, a really good, uh, it's a junior college program. Uh, one of my very best friends and teammates, Don Robinson, is their pitching coach. And yeah, right in the middle of uh, their season uh, in uh, February, uh, they get canceled. So, uh, you know, there's just uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, baseball going on. And just uh, right now, like I said, just trying to stay healthy and and uh, make sure that all, all my family is uh, is taken care of. And, and, you know, we look back at the at the middle of March when when all of this ended. T- take me to a, a player's standpoint of this. The just the preparation that it takes to get into the the mindset, the shape for the start of a of a of spring training, and then to have it just cut short two three weeks before the season starts, and then have to restart again. I mean, if you're doing that, what what is that like to stay in shape from March all the way through July, like these players have had to do? Well, Joe, I don't know if I can accurately comment on being in shape. I don't think I ever was in shape. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> uh, and and I say that's somewhat in jest. But uh, you know, it, it's something that mentally um, it's incredibly difficult because you you, you kind of get a, a kind of an edge to you uh, once uh, you you want to have that um, going full strength whenever you get start the season, and then you kind of build that up. Your workouts get a little bit tougher. You know, then you have your spring training where, you know, now you're starting to, to, you know, really physically and mentally hone your game. And then now, you know, having to shut it down, uh, it'll be interesting how some of the guys um, can handle this. Because some of the guys, I'm sure they're going to be fine, not going to make any difference. But I think there's going to be some guys out there that are going to have some trouble adjusting either to try to speed up or keep that edge and not burn themselves out. And then as a, as a former catcher, you guys have to come into to camp early. You guys have to come into camp. You have to get used to those pitchers and get that relationship with the pitchers. A lot of these, a lot of these pitchers and catchers, they haven't worked together. So in a, over the past few months, so in an accelerated spring training or summer training, and in your opinion, what are, what are the most important things that the pitcher and catcher should have been working on these past three weeks? Well, right now, it, it's it's more or less spring training is to build up the pitcher's arms, um, and, that, and that's the most important thing. Uh, as you catch uh, the guys, you kind of, you know, especially a new guy, you kind of get an idea of their tendencies, the way they throw on the side. You know, they like to do this, or they like to do that, or, or maybe they struggle with a certain pitch. And those are the kinds of things that you keep in the back of your mind once a game time situation comes up, you want to have him comfortable throwing a pitch in a key situation versus, you know, wow, I, you know, this guy has struggled throwing this pitch on the side. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not, you know, that's something that I, I will uh, go back and, and kind of check, um, you know, the, the, the uh, data banks where, you know, I might not want to call that pitch, uh, but without, you know, ever catching the guy, I really don't know. 
Yeah, and then the Cardinals, you look at them and they they have a situation where there's probably a little bit of a a language barrier as they they just announced the other day their new closer, the uh, the Korean uh, pitcher KK that they uh, that they brought over. It was that ever something that you in your years I'm trying to think back to some of the teammates you would have had in a situation that would have been similar to uh to that. Well, I think all of us um or not all of us, but a, a majority of us, you know, have gone through some uh, some language uh, challenges. Uh, you know, when to get to professional baseball, uh, I, I grew up in New Hampshire. There was no Spanish being spoken up in uh, New Hampshire. So, you know, I get to professional baseball, and you've got to find a way to communicate. And uh, there's certain things that, um, you know, now nowadays they've got, you know, most of these guys have a translator with them which, you know, helps. Um, but, you know, ultimately you get a feel and you kind of read body movements, you read faces as a catcher. These are kind of important things where talk is one thing, but you can talk and without realizing it, you're showing some different ideas with your body and your eyes. You, you played a couple years here in, in St. Louis, spent a majority of your career in Pittsburgh you know how hot it gets in August in uh, in St. Louis, starting the season in that uh, in that heat. How much fun would that be for you? <laughs> well, I, I think it'd be a little bit easier um, now at the New Bush Stadium. The have natural grass. I mean, back in the day, we were on turf. Oh God, and, how hot did it get for some of those games back then for uh, you? Yeah, well, I, I I believe there was there were games. Uh, we played a game of the week. Uh, on a Saturday afternoon, it might have been a Sunday, I'm not sure, where uh, the on-field temperature was over 130 degrees. Uh, as a catcher, I, you could look out at the pitcher, and you had the heat waves, like, rising, and uh, there were times when you couldn't see the center fielder. So, I mean, that's how hot it gets. Um, you know, I, not not quite as bad on, on natural grass, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's something that it, it challenges your mind and your body. I mean, it's just not, I mean, that's just not nice when they bring out the temperature on the field and the, the thermometer on the field, just to kind of show off how hot it is. I, they do that for the TV cameras and for the people at home, but it just, I mean, it really is just a, it's, it's rude to the players. It's like teasing <laughs> them that this is what you're playing on right now. Well, Hey, if, if you gave me the choice of St. Louis uh, in August or St. Louis in April, uh, where you've got some, uh, you know, 35 uh, degree temperature nights. Uh, I'll take the heat. The, the heat doesn't hurt. The cold hurts. <laughs> what was so? I mean, Three Rivers was built pretty much. It was very similar to the Bush Stadium you played in, right? As far as how it was built, the structure of it, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Yeah. The um, actually there was four of them. Uh, the vet in Philly. Uh, our ballpark, Cincinnati's Riverfront, Cincinnati, yeah, and, and, and St. Louis, and they were all very, very similar, big round uh, places with that with astroturf. And I was going to say, did Pittsburgh get that hot? I mean, what was uh, was was the heat kind of brought in or stay in the stadium that way in, in Pittsburgh, like it was in St. Louis? Uh, not even close. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, we did have warm days in Pittsburgh, and and yes, uh, it, it was hot, it was uncomfortable, but. St. Louis, uh, by far, was the, the toughest place to play in the summertime. 
Jeez. And so you're going to have these guys that are going to be starting the season there coming in from all over the, uh, all over the country. And that's, I mean, how long, when you get down to spring training, how long does it take to actually feel like you're, the team is together, the team is, is meshed for the start of the year? Well, it's, a, it's, it's really difficult, um, you know, whenever they're throwing a, a bunch of the younger guys early. Um, as a veteran guy, you know, you, know, you pretty much have a spot on the team. Uh, you go about your business. And then probably the last three weeks, of a six-week spring training is really whenever the team meshes. The first three weeks is, you know, kind of, all right, let's, you know, go about our business. Let's get our work done. And then, like I said, that last three weeks, that's whenever, you know, you're trying to, you know, not only get yourself ready, but, you know, get in tune with your pitching staff and, uh, and all the rest of your defenses. What, uh, with the new rules in place for the 2020 season, let's start with the universal DH. Are, are you pro or con with, uh, for that? Uh, not a fan of the DH. I, uh, I understand why it's there. It's prolonged some, uh, guys' careers that were outstanding hitters, but, you know, for whatever reason, defensively, most of the time injury wise, uh, couldn't play the field. So, I mean, it's been an advantage. But I still like the idea of a pitcher having to grab a bat and get up and get in the batter's box. That changes uh, a whole lot of guys' attitudes when they get a little ticked off and decide that they want to play a little hardball inside. Well, it's a little different whenever you've got a bat in your hand and somebody does it to you. Do you ever have to tell a pitcher that? Do you have to ever have to remind a pitcher that they, had to, uh, they were going to have to step up in the batter's box? Well, um, there was an incident or two where um, there was a guy that was time to pay the piper. And uh, no, didn't say anything. Uh, didn't have to say anything. It was pretty much back in the day, uh, everybody kind of knew what was happening. And, uh, you know, that was one of the things that's totally changed in this, uh, in this uh, day and age. And, you know, the game is, uh, is radically different. Am I going to get you to name names here? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. um, but, but I do remember this pitcher from the uh, Cubs that uh, got pretty pissed off at me, and or he was he was just pissed and uh, hit me right in the back. And Don Zimmer was the manager at the time, and he hit me because he was pissed. Well, that's not a good enough reason, okay? If I did something to show you up or a teammate or whatever, uh, so Zimmer sent him up to the plate, and I mentioned to him I says how comfortable do you feel in the box right now and a couple of adjectives and pronouns and verbs and the rest of that I, I, I won't continue but um, um, I, basically he took three fastballs down the middle and went and sat back down and just says consider yourself lucky and so it was a little learning experience I mean we were in the pennant race we were you know didn't need to get in a scrap um you know over something like that but you know it's something that i'm sure that young man um kind of figured out that yeah i better not do that again <laughs> and that's i mean yeah you didn't hurt the guy you just you, you threw three down the middle and he was probably expecting one at the ear hole oh yeah without a doubt and <laughs> and I, I think if situation was different uh you know where both teams were out of it uh, but you know, we were in first place at the time and, you know, there was, it wasn't a situation where, you know, uh, I, I know as a, as a, 
you know, as if I was selfish, say, all right, let's, you know, let's get a little payback for Spanky. But, you know, it wasn't the time. It wasn't the place. And, you know, I think uh, it was probably better, you know, with him coming up to the plate, did as much damage as actually hitting the guy. So what, 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 which team would you have? Were you on the Cardinals or the Pirates when this happened? Uh, I, was, I, was, I was with the Pirates at the time. If you were so back in your days with the Pirates, and I'll ask the same thing for the Cardinals too, or you know, throughout your career, if you had to have one guy on the mound to intimidate a batter, all of the pitchers that you caught over the years, who are you? Who are you asking? Who do you want to be on the mound to intimidate a batter? Um, you know, I got I got a couple guys. Um, Danny Cox was 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 one of the guys. I mean, a physical presence out there. I mean. Coxie looked like a Coke machine with a Cardinal uniform on. I mean, he was that big. Uh, and, and Bob Walk for the Pirates. And Walkie was a no-nonsense gamer. And, I, you know, I, and he had a look about him that, you know, you're not sure if, you know, if, it was, uh, if he was all there. Uh, he had a nickname when he was with the Phillies called Whirly Bird. So, you know, you, you look at guys that are big, they're – um, not afraid to throw inside, a lot of movement on their fastballs. Uh, and, uh, you know, those are the kinds of guys that, good golly, I mean, uh, I, I know that Coxie, uh, Bob Forsh, I mean, Forshee was a, an old school guy that, you know, whenever it was time, you know, um, you know he, could be, he could be a pretty tough guy too. So, you know, those, those guys there, you know, and they were all veteran guys. And it wasn't always – the hardest thrower it was the guy that was gonna bury one in in somebody's ribs if it needed be and just not think twice about it i was gonna say another guy too and we talked about this beforehand i i grew up on the south side of chicago so i grew up towards the tail end of your career watching you with the white Sox. a guy like jack mcdowell i, yeah. I feel like to put a lot of fear into batters yeah you know and 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 jack we used to give him a hard time because and he was like six five and one hundred and six pounds. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he wasn't. I mean, you want to talk about a gamer? I mean, you know, Blackjack was. I mean, he's a guy that, that I'm glad you reminded me. Um, but yeah, uh, he he didn't have any problem, you know, with uh, with mixing it up. And uh, yeah, those, uh, you know, there's uh, some guys that, you know, definitely you think twice. You know, whenever you uh, getting in the box, if if, if some uh, stuff started happening. Yeah, as a former player, you saw things play out over the the months of May and June leading up to the start of this season. When you saw the relationship between the owners and the players' association, what what are you thinking, or how how are you viewing that as a former player? Well, uh, unfortunately, I was a player rep in 1994 when we went on strike and we went on strike the first week in August. And I remember how miserable a feeling that was, um, as a player now, I mean, they had to have some idea of, you know, maybe there wasn't the animosity, but sure turned into it. But the thought of missing a season, uh, that would have been devastating for me. And, and I've seen guys, that have opted out this year, um, you know, good for them that they're financially stable or they just, uh, their beliefs take them that way. Um, 
you couldn't drag me away. I mean, it just, uh, you know, that was something that uh, I wasn't worried about being a businessman or, or a professional. I wanted to be a big league ball player. I wanted to go out there and compete. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to say that, you know, that's that part and that mindset has changed. And has it changed because of the money? Yeah, p- possibly. You didn't have social media back in 1994, but we saw a lot of players use it here recently. Do, do you think that was smart of them to let it play out in the public? Um, I, I think there's been some players that have absolutely um, uh, embarrassed themselves. And, um, you know, at no point ever are you going to be able to go to John Q. Public and say, well, I'm, I'm going to lose half my salary. I'm going to lose $3 million. I'm still going to get $3 million. Uh, where all these folks that have, um, you know, mom and pop places that have built their own places forever and ever, and they're losing it. And at no point are you ever going to win a battle in the public of people feeling bad for you. I mean, that's just not part of it. And I think there's some guys, Ian Snow with the with the Rays, he came out and said something. Well, that's, you know what, that's an immature um human being that's exactly what that was i mean that's just ridiculous what he came out and said and i mean i was appalled and really you know wanted to distance myself as uh, you know anybody that's uh, even part of of the game whenever you hear stuff like that so all of the uh, all of the negative stuff aside Friday night is the, uh, or I guess Thursday night, the start of the 2020 baseball season got underway. Are you excited to watch what a 60-game season looks like? Um, Joe, I don't want to put a big wet blanket on this thing or politicize it, but I won't watch. Um, I don't care for uh, what I'm seeing right now in the whatever summer camp. Um, I've got a different perspective. I've got a different um, attitude. And, um, you know, my opinion on certain things, uh, I, you know, what? I've got I've got uh, some family members that uh, have served and have gotten um, uh, Purple Hearts and to see players kneeling, um, they've got their stance. They've got their reasons. Um, I don't agree with them and I won't watch as simple as that um, to me. Uh, and this is completely my own opinion. Um, that right there is desecrating the flag. Uh, I believe in the United States. Um, whether uh, I like the president or not, it didn't ever make any difference. It was all about the United States and and you know getting my point across and and getting to the point where I'm going to back violence as a solution. It, that that's not my way of of doing things. So as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, good luck to everybody. I hope everybody stays healthy, but I won't be uh, one of the guys watching. Will you follow along? Will you read along? Or is it is it just something that you distance yourself from entirely? Uh, right now, Joe, uh, unless things changes, um, uh, the game's dead to me. Okay. I have no interest um, at all. And like I said, uh, you know, everybody, uh, and I've, I've coached lately in spring training with the Pirates for Clint Hurdle. And so I've seen the locker room. Uh, everybody's worried about being a professional or being a good businessman. Uh, they have forgotten the the true uh, playing of the game. And um, their idea of professionalism, of, 
of, uh, of watching home runs and flipping bats and, and doing all that stuff. That's the least professional thing that I've ever seen. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, that they can twist it however way they want, but they've lost me as a fan. I don't care. And there's some good guys out there. This isn't everybody. There's, uh, you know, a few bad apples out there to me. And again, in my opinion, that are um, showboating uh, and they disrespect the game, uh, in, in, again, in my opinion. So uh, we, we talked about a little bit before the air, uh, before we went on the air about the other stuff that you are doing these days. I know that you're, uh, you're missing out on a lot of the other sports uh, that, you, uh, that you do follow, that you do cover, and you're a, uh, you're a big cycling guy, and I know you're really missing the Tour de France that uh, should be, what, in the tail end right now, right? Yeah, this is uh, towards the end of July. Yeah, they've uh, gone through the, the Pyrenees, the Alps. Uh, they're getting ready to you know, cruise down the Champs-Élysées, and um, yeah, they're just uh, put on hold. Um, you know, July's a, a huge month for um, sports around the world. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, usually you've got Wimbledon going on. You've got the British Open. Uh, you know, you've got uh, all these really cool things worldwide, and uh, everything uh, either canceled or pushed back. So, you know, for all of us, you know, world sports junkies, uh, this is this has been a tough tough pill to swallow i've uh, i've recently started trying to uh, get into premier league soccer so that's uh that's one of the uh, the sports that i've been trying to watch because it's live sports on the tv and it's uh it's it's at least something to watch on a, a saturday or sunday morning so i i feel you there yeah right now i mean it's uh <laughs> you know that season ended pretty early as far as the championship goes uh liverpool uh just ran away with everything and so now it's all about playing for regulation uh, or, or, or being regulated. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, premier league fan too. So I'm watching to see, you know, who gets uh, knocked down uh, a division and who's the teams that are going to replace them for next year. Well, who's your team then Spanky? Uh, you know what? I've been a Liverpool fan for about 20 years. Uh, okay. I had somebody that uh, I switched. I'm not sure which Jersey uh, I had at the time. Uh, but I, I, I gave him a baseball jersey, and he gave me a Liverpool jersey that had the Carling um, uh, name on the front. And so I've been kind of a Liverpool fan ever since, uh, and they haven't won in forever until this year. So uh, pretty, uh, pretty happy about that. See, I, I went, so I started playing FIFA during quarantine a whole lot and randomly became a fan of Jamie Vardy. So I've become oh, exactly. a Leicester City fan in this and i have been told by many people as i'm trying to learn the game that they have a big uh, big match this weekend that could determine where they go between champions league and the uh, europa league which are two things that were also very foreign to me and i uh, i have been learning an awful lot very fast it's being thrown at me really quick yeah they uh, i mean they've got so many different comp uh competitions throughout the world <laughs> you know the premier league and then you know, when you have the World Cup, then everybody leaves their club teams and plays for their own countries. But while they're playing for their club team, uh, yeah, the best of the best is, is the Champions League. The second best is the U Europa League. And then inside of each other's leagues, they have all these different cups. They've got a FA Cup in, uh, in uh, England. And so it's, uh, you know, to, to keep up with it is, uh, is, is sometimes, uh, you know, pretty challenging. 
It's it's been a full time job, I'm telling you. It's uh it's not easy. There's a lot to learn. Well, Mike, I uh, I really appreciate you jumping on with me. Here is uh the baseball season gets underway, reliving a uh, few memories from back in your uh in your playing day, and hopefully uh, those other sports, uh, the college baseball, the little league, and everything else that you were doing for ESPN gets uh, gets back up and going here soon, and they uh, and they give you a call again to uh, to broadcast some of those games. Well, thank you, Joe. And, and, you know, in closing, I, I really hope that the baseball fans out there, you know, I hope they um, have a great season to watch. I hope their teams do well. Uh, at no point am I, you know, um, uh, against Major League Baseball. Um, but again, this is my own personal little deal. But I, I certainly, um, you know, have met so many fans that live and die every day for their teams. And as a player, you can really appreciate that. Mike, thank you so much. Okay, Joe, good talking to you. And that's Spanky, Mike Lavalier, former Cardinal, former Pirate, former White Sox catcher, joining us here on Weekend Joe, driven by Mungnas St. Louis Acura. Hey, also a sponsor here on the show is Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Right there off of 55, uh, went down there and saw them uh, last week. They've been operating this whole time, an essential business helping you get back on the road if something happens with your vehicle. Collinsville Auto Body is there to uh, help. We uh, take another break. When we come back, hey, we're going to welcome in a new teammate to Klaibs Online. He's Alex Ferrario from 101 ESPN. He's going to be helping us out with some blues coverage right here on Klaibs Online. You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura. Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura here on ClaibsOnline.com, now the exclusive home of Weekend Joe. Hey, St. Louis Acura has received the Precision Team Award 28 times more than any other Acura dealership in the United States. They have been serving the St. Louis area since 19. 19- 1986, located at 13720 Manchester Road in St. Louis. They are your premier realtor of new and used Acura vehicles in the nation. That is Munganas, St. Louis Acura, the title sponsor here of Weekend Joe, now on ClaibsOnline.com. And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura here on ClaibsOnline.com. A big week here on ClaibsOnline as we, we had announcement after announcement after roundtable after roundtable and just so much stuff going on that you've seen on the, uh, on the website and uh, along with adding uh, Ryan Kelly to our team, presenting all of those roundtables for us. Claves also had a, another big announcement as we added a teammate to the mix from 101 ESPN. He's their blues guy there. He is Alex Ferrario, and he joins us now. Alex, what's going on, man? How are you? Joe, I am great, man. I am pumped to be uh, on this team with you guys. And I, uh, I saw Claves' announcement, and he did say that if I don't bring another Stanley Cup, I might be kicked to the side. So uh, I got a, a couple months that I got to get these guys in line. But, no, I'm excited to talk hockey with you guys and uh, provide some insight. You know, Claves has been a huge mentor of mine throughout my radio career, and I've gotten to work with you over the years in the locker rooms and the clubhouses. So I'm looking forward to it. 
just, I don't think you and I have, have crossed paths in, God, well over a year because you went from doing the blues stuff and then once you transitioned over to, uh, to 101, you were, you were doing so much blues work there that, and then I, I wasn't at any Cardinal games because I was on crutches for the second half of 2019. So, and, and then we haven't had any sports to, to be at together this year. So it's been a long time since you and I have gotten together. It has. I think the last time you and I talked, your knee was uh, going into surgery. So that's been the last time that we've seen each other in person. And yeah, it, it's it's been a weird transition of, you know, I was at KMOX for six years. I was doing Cardinals pre and post and Blues pre and post. And, you know, uh, luckily I was blessed enough that the Blues and 101 wanted me to kind of follow along with them. So I got the opportunity to shift over there. And it, it was nonstop hockey until, of course, this pandemic hit. And then it was kind of trying to figure out what to do with yourself and try and come up with different content. So it's been a whirlwind, man. But uh, again, I've gotten to work with you before in locker rooms and clubhouses and of course with Clave. So this is a great team. You guys have been putting out great content. So I'm excited to bring some hockey to it. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, the, the Cardinals starting, uh, starting Friday night and, and the blues getting ready to get underway. And we we've seen the, the pictures of what the uh, Edmonton arena will look like as they try to make it as, close to home as possible when you when you see the setup that the NHL is going with similar to kind of what the NBA is going with what do you what kind of uh, thoughts do you have going into this I guess are we calling it the postseason the end of the year whatever however we want to describe what the NHL is doing to end their their year you know, with the first game coming up on Wednesday, I've spent some time trying to figure out what I am going to call this. And I think what I've settled on is the expanded postseason because that's really what this is. It's such a unique situation. Um, but, you know, my initial thoughts when when they said Edmonton and Toronto was, you know, how are they going to make this thing really work? Like, it's in a Canadian market. And no disrespect to the Canadian market, but you only got six or seven teams that are going to be in the playoffs compared to all of the U.S. teams and the big money markets. But then when you thought more about it, you understand that the Canadian side has really gotten this thing right in terms of the bubble, the preparation, the pandemic, so that the players, the owners, and the fans can all feel safe with this moving forward. So the NHL has done this right with the bubble. I mean, I think all of the other leagues have had to follow in the footsteps of what the NHL has done in terms of where you're staying, how you'll be staying there, the tests that will be taking place. You're not allowed to go outside. You're, you're, you're playing or you're in your hotel room, and now they've talked about having golf outings and dinner outings. But the NHL did it right, and I think the way that the Edmonton Oilers have set this up to where you have certain hotels kind of set around the stadium – they got the underground path so that there doesn't have to be a lot of outside communication. This is the perfect way to make sure that the players are safe and that we see this thing through. I think that's the biggest thing is that we see hockey from the beginning when it starts up this upcoming week to the end at the end of October when they announce a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I've had a few guests on and we've kind of thrown ideas around there of what games would look like in those empty arenas. And... I, I am all for the other teams showing up to watch these games. And I know they have other stuff going on, but I mean, really with everything you just said, outside of sleeping, eating and video games, I mean, what do these guys have better to do than to go to the arena and watch hockey? I want to see other teams in the crowd watching these games, chirping at players, talking trash and treating this like it's some youth tournament that they, they played in, you know, 15 years ago as kids. 
I'm glad you said youth tournament because the only picture that I have in my mind, Joe, is you remember in high school when you would be on a basketball team and you'd show up to the, the game that you're playing that night and you'd sit there in your jumpsuit and your uniform and you're watching the other team. You're, you're like trying to intimidate them. That's what I picture in an NHL format of you have, let's say, the Blues and the Blackhawks, hypothetically, if they're the ones that meet up with each other in the first round. Blackhawks and Blues are playing after the Nashville Predators game and whoever, the let's say, the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas or Nashville is going to stick around to see what their competition looks like. There's no more watching video. You can see this live. So I think this is going to be so unique of how the NHL really goes about this tournament. And on top of all of that, you're going to have these teams. I mean, this is like a March Madness setup. Like, you're going to have like 12 straight hours of hockey. If I'm a player, if I'm like a Ryan O'Reilly who's, you know, 30 years old or an Alex Petrangelo who I'm, I'm not into video games, I'm maybe play my guitar or go eat. No, I'm going to go watch 12 straight hours of hockey because that's going to be the most excitement that I can get with playoffs. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's something that we'll we'll see how all these different players kind of treat this. And you mentioned the, the age of some of those guys. And we saw the Blues make that long run last year. The reason you don't see teams repeat in some of these sports is because these playoffs are so long and it takes so much out of them. There's no excuse right now. None of these teams have have that excuse right now because none of these teams have been doing anything for the last four months. Everybody's coming in as healthy and rested as every other team, there is no momentum going into this, this playoff uh, structure that the NHL is putting out there. Yeah, there's really not. And I mean, it's incredible to sit and think about because, you know, you think about last year in the Stanley cup championship that took place for the blues and everything that had to work into their favor. Like you had to overcome injuries throughout the season. You had to overcome bounces. You had to overcome pains and naggings that you would go through to win the championship. That's why they say it's the hardest trophy to win in all of pro sports. Now add that to a factor that every team that's coming in has had three months to rest their players. They have the players that were injured that you weren't sure were going to be a part of the playoffs. Well, they're a part of the playoffs and going to be a huge piece of it. And you just go through individual rosters. Look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. They didn't have their, um, their, their two wingers that played with Sidney Crosby and Connor Sheary and the name is just passing me on the other one, but this guy had uh, Jake Gensel. They didn't, he didn't, Pittsburgh had these guys injured, but this guy was like a 60 point player before he was injured. He's healthy. The Columbus Blue Jackets were a really good team last year, but they had injury after injury after injury. Well, they have Seth Jones back. Who's hundred percent. Who's possibly a top five defenseman in the NHL. The list goes on. But when you specifically look at the Blues, people need to really understand that this team has the advantage going in because they're the Stanley Cup champions. They have had basically zero turnover other than Justin Falk coming and Pat Maroon and Edmondson leaving. But they have everyone healthy. Everyone's talking about Tarasenko being 100%. But there's another guy, an Oscar Sundquist, a Colton Pareko, an Alexander Steen. A lot of these guys are 100% going into the playoffs, which is why it's going to be momentum and it's going to be what the team does best against the opposition and kind of managing that opposition to win these games. And you you have a, a goaltender who showed last year it's just ice water in the veins that, it, you know, nothing bothered him last year. I'm guessing four months off isn't going to bother uh, Bennington at all this year. 
No, I, I highly doubt it. And especially watching some of his videos that he did in this pandemic that, you know, he was interviewed by Joe Buck and he was on with Darren Pang and Joe Vitale and Chris Kerber. This guy still is the exact same player. And I tell people all the time, from the moment Bennington stepped into the locker room against the Philadelphia Flyers last year in January to the pause in the pandemic to the middle of the pandemic, He's the same guy. He is a flatliner, which is the advantage of the Blues. But I would caution people to, to, to think that it's going to just be one goaltender in these playoffs. Um, I, I've heard a lot of different coaches talk about this, but you know, mainly like general managers from around the league saying that it's not going to just be one goaltender. I mean, look at the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Sure, they have a Marc-Andre Fleury who's won Stanley Cups in the past, but they also have the reigning Vezina Trophy winner in Robin Leonard. So you might see two goaltenders getting shots. So I'm not saying that the Blues are only going to play Bennington or they'll play Bennington and Jake Allen, but don't be surprised if in the middle of a series you see a Jake Allen get a shot or maybe in one of the round-robin games Jake Allen gets a shot because you got to keep both of these guys well-tuned and ready to go if something does happen in this stretch of playoff time. How is your coverage going to, uh, to look? during this that everybody is everybody's trying to figure out how to go about it what is uh what, what is it going to look like for you wow yeah that's a great question so it's uh it's really interesting because obviously we live in a very strange time right now so chris kerber joe vitale and i will not be in edmonton we are going to be all here in st louis our broadcast on 101 ESPN is going to be set up at the Centene Community Ice Center. So 101 ESPN has their own little studio right next to the Blues practice facility. So Curbs, Joey, and I will be broadcasting pregame to postgame for every game from that studio. And Curbs and Joey are calling things off of a monitor. So they have two big 72-inch screen monitors that are going to be set up in the studio that's linked to the trucks in Edmonton. And they'll be calling the game from that. Now, I thought it would be like the actual game, but what we've learned from the NHL is they're going to be doing a five-second delay on all of these monitors because they don't want foul language to come across the airwaves. Surprise, surprise. I saw um, that last night at the uh, the Dodgers game. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Max Scherzer as well yelling after he gave up the home run to Stanton. So I think he had the Scherzer, I think, was yelling it as the pitch was about to be hit. It was incredible that he knew how bad of a pitch that was yep. as the swing was started. I think Scherzer knew it when he threw the ball. Like I like I felt like the words GD came out like immediately <laughs> when that left his hand because that's how good Max Scherzer is. But you know, to me, that 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 adds excitement into the game. And look, I'm not I'm not asking for f bombs to be all over the air like people complained during the championship last year. But that's the NHL's decision, and they're putting the delay on it. So Curbs and Joey are going to have to be working under those circumstances, which. Those two, in my opinion, are the best in the business. So they're going to be phenomenal. They're going to have the calls. They'll have the entertainment. And then I'll be having pre and post games an hour before and an hour after. Um, and that's really weird too, Joe, because I'm used to being in the locker rooms, game days, practices, talking to players, interviewing players, so that I have information for the broadcast. Well, my information now comes from Zoom calls, so I get that. And the pregames are going to be more talking and more audio rather than interviews. So it's a little bit of change of pace, but we're still going to make it exciting and still kind of keep people involved throughout this postseason because we're all planning on a Stanley Cup run. And that's, you know, we're, we are recording this right now, Friday afternoon, and I've had so many people these past few days asking me, you know, are you going to Bush Stadium? Are you going to be at Bush Stadium tonight? And that's the weird thing about the media right now is – 
there's not really a reason to be down there at the stadium with the way the zoom calls are set up. It's you're not allowed to, if we were there, if you were there in Edmonton, you wouldn't be able to still go up to those guys face to face. You wouldn't be mask, no mask, whatever. You'd still be at the mercy of that zoom call. And who knows how long we're going to be doing interviews like that. And there's so much to go that goes into that too. I, I know well, we were talking with Derek Gould about it yesterday and you have to, you know, all the body language reading that we've done that we've learned right. to do over the years. Do you keep pushing on certain questions and is it easier? Is it harder when there's a computer screen in front of you to, you know, avoid those stare downs that you might get for a rough question? <laughs> Right. Well, that's just the biggest thing, you know, in, in terms of the games, like, you know, for tonight, like you said, we're recording on Friday, but you know, I don't have the option to go to a Cardinals game because the media is restricted to only a certain amount of media credentials because they don't want to put people at risk, which you appreciate, but I'm used just like you are Joe to going to games when I have free time, because I want my presence to be known and you want to be around because that's how you gain information. I don't have that option. So I don't, I, I don't envy guys like a Derek Gould or a Jeremy Rutherford or a Jim Thomas or, you know, these beat writers because they don't have that opportunity. And what I've learned over the years doing pre and post, the most influential thing that I can have on my pre and post games are my relationships that I built with players and coaches and, and front office staff. You don't have that option right now. You are at the will of a Zoom call. So when the players can talk, they'll talk. When they want to be done, they'll be done. You know, PR kind of guides how long they go. You don't have that one-on-one interaction. So it's going to change things up. I really hope, hope this isn't the new normal. And, of course, everyone's hoping this isn't the new normal. But, you know, in terms of the coverage, which is what we provide for the fans, we give fans that, that close feeling to the players. It, it benefits the fans and it benefits us to be able to talk to the players like that. So we hope we can get back to that at some point. But for right now, man, it's just kind of working with the tide that we get and having fun with it along the way. And I think when it comes down to it, uh, you know, regardless of the, of the jobs that you and I do, we're both just really happy there's sports back on yeah. TV. Yeah, that I mean, honestly, that is it. It got to the point, Joe, where, and I'm sure you felt this way as well, I didn't care what form of sports we had. I just wanted some type of competition. And when I saw KBO or golf or NASCAR, which no disrespect to NASCAR, but I've never watched it. But I, I was dying for competition. And so I have dove into that. And I was on vacation last week with my wife. We, uh, we went out for her 30th birthday to visit some family in Michigan. And we went for a week. Usually I'm exhausted and want to shut it down for a week. It got to Wednesday, two days into vacation. And I'm like, this is dumb. I want to go home. Like, I'm ready to get back to work because <laughs> hockey is here. Baseball is here. So, you know, again, like I know this sucks for so many people right now. And it sucks for us because we don't get to be there and feel it. But breathe it all in to everybody because this is going to be a very unique situation. And I think five years from now, when we're watching sports like we're used to, you'll think back to that 2020 season where it was like, what the hell happened then? But it's going to be as memorable as any sports can be. Are you pro or con uh, added it piped in crowd noise? I'm pro. Honestly, I really am. Now I don't know for hockey because I haven't seen it yet, but I saw both ends of the spectrum in baseball with the piped in crowd noise and and the, the dead silence was just eerie in baseball. And I was telling Dan McLaughlin this uh, on our broadcast last week uh, on 101 ESPN, like 
it was a weird situation how everything was just dead silent and all you could hear is the ball or the bat or the players or the managers. I don't like that. Like, I like the sounds, but I like the sounds with crowd noise. So I think the crowd noise makes things so much more interesting. But I am very against the cardboard cutouts or the robots that they're putting in the stands because that just freaks the heck out of me, man. <laughs> I, I enjoy the cardboard cutouts if they are, you know, when they have the meaning behind them yeah. or that. I do like that. Yeah, don't give me robots. I don't want, I don't want yeah. robots in the, uh, in the crowd. Yeah, that is, that is a little weird. He's Alex Ferrario from 101 ESPN and now one of the newest teammates here on Klaibs Online. We look forward to uh, some hockey talk next week on, uh, on Klaibs Online, another uh, roundtable that we have to plan, and uh, you'll be a part of it, Alex. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well, guys. Uh, again, this is going to be so much fun working with you guys for Klaibs Online, uh, two very knowledgeable people. But when, when it comes to hockey, man, I am a huge hockey fan. So I'm excited to bring this, uh, this fandom to people. And on top of it, we got hockey on Wednesday night, which is even better. Awesome, Alex. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Joe. Thanks, buddy. Alex Ferrario joining us here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura. Hey, we're also sponsored by my good friend Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker. Give him a call, 314-503-4999. That's 314-503-4999. Houses are just flying off the uh, the market right now. Some are even selling before they go to market. It is a, uh, it is a seller's market right now. Uh, get in on that if you are looking to sell your home in Missouri. Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker, 314-503-4999. Nine nine. Take a break. Come back and have crack slippers to uh, send you home here on this weekend's edition of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. Recent events have shown that life can turn in an instant. This has caused many people to realize that estate planning is essential. The Inskip Law Firm is here to help with everything from trust and wills to power of attorney, deeds, and probate. They have systems in place to service your needs without having to have an in-person consultation, flat fees so that you know what you're paying ahead of time, and they make the whole process easy. Call now, 314-818-0344. Just a quick chat and you decide together what services are right for your situation. That's the Inskip Law Firm, I-N-S-K-I-P. And remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertising. Final segment here of this weekend's Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Also, Munganass Alton Toyota, as they, uh, uh, Polo, as part of the uh, sponsorship there of what's in the cards, Polo is driving around a forerunner this uh, this week uh, or this uh, I should say this month I think I don't know what the agreement is on how long he's driving around the forerunner before they switch up cars for uh, for him but he sent it sent me a picture of it my gosh it looks so nice the uh, the the forerunner that he has Andy where is that what you were looking for you were looking at a forerunner right or what were you looking at over there at Munganass Alton Toyota I looked at a, a forerunner and maybe like a used Sequoia okay. Yeah, the big one, and I think the Forerunner is what I drove when I uh, back in. God, although it was it back in 2019 when I uh, before I got my Jeep, I uh, from Munganass, I I drove the uh, I was driving a Forerunner around as a uh, the, after I totaled my car. So uh, I know those are big cars. 
those are big cars and it takes a lot to get in and out of those uh those cars but they are really really nice to uh to drive around Andy, it feels like you're in a tank i like that feeling yeah it was real nice like a big heavy whip yep so uh, that is uh, that is what he has. Alton uh, Munganess Alton Toyota is where you could find that forerunner, that uh, that or any of the forerunners, like the ones that Polo is going to be driving. I saw Polo was posting about it too on his social media. So check uh, check out his social media and see what uh, see what he is driving. And it is a uh, it is a really really nice uh, nice car. Andy, we need to wrap the up. I don't think we did crack slippers last week. I don't think we had any crack slippers. So Andy, we're gonna make up for that this week with uh, with two of them, if you will. Joe, some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news. We picked those stories up here on Weekend Joe. These are the crack slippers with Joe Roderick on Claims Online. Andy, I'm going to start off with a uh, with a quick one here. You are familiar with the actor Rob Lowe, right? I am. You played the great Sam Seaborn on The West Wing. Ah, you see, I, uh, I I know him. I my favorite role of his was on Parks and Rec, when he was uh, God, what was his name on uh, on Parks and Rec? He was known as um, he was Chris Traeger, Chris Traeger on uh, on Parks and Rec, and everything was literally the greatest thing ever. And he was just so upbeat. And last year, he was at an NFL game. And Andy, you know, all these celebrities, they have their own favorite teams. Like, there's so many celebrities that have come out of the woodwork, and they're fans of the Rams now. Or, you know, they're they're Bears fans, or they're Giants fans. You know, all these celebrity fans. So, he shows up to the game, and Andy, he's wearing a hat with the NFL logo on it. Was he at the Super Bowl with it? Was it the Super Bowl? It might have been that. It was either the Super Bowl or it was one of the championship games. Yeah. And he came out and said that he just literally wanted all of the teams to just play well. Right. Yeah. He just wanted everybody to have a good time. Well, Andy, uh, Rob Lowe posted a video the other day for the start of Major League Baseball season. Yep. Andy, he's wearing a hat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with the MLB logo on it now. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm looking back at this picture of Rob Lowe wearing the NFL hat. I would wear that hat. I like. Also, I'm just also a big fan of the NFL shield, and I also like. And, and I also like the the MLB logo guy, who I believe is, is uh, Harmon Killebrew, isn't it? I don't know who if, if the person has one, but I will tell you this: my favorite White Sox logo is the one of the guy swinging the bat, which is different from the MLB logo, but God, I will buy that. Uh, I saw some White Sox stuff online this week that I really wanted to buy, and I was so close to buying because I'm I'm a really, I'm a big fan of what they have going on this year up on the South side. But, uh, but yeah, Rob Lowe, he said, literally no one is excited about baseball returning than the biggest fan of all the teams. He just wants everybody <laughs> to play well. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I believe, uh, well, I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. Go ahead. No, and so yeah, so that is uh, fine. I'm, I'm hoping he, they, the NBA and the NHL need him to do something with them too, with hats of just their logos. Absolutely. That just yeah, that needs to be his his thing. That's his gimmick now. In the wrestling world, Andy guys have gimmicks that once it falls upon them, they're kind of stuck with it if it works, and it just goes with them the rest of their lives. This is now Rob Lowe's gimmick. It's a good gimmick. I it like is. it. Andy, um, we've talked about this briefly. I think this was a crack slipper a few, uh, like a month or two ago, 
where we thought Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield were going to uh, have a, a comeback match. That's not going to happen. What is going to happen, Andy, is Mike Tyson is going to fight Roy Jones Jr. in an eight-round exhibition match coming up in September. Mike I, Tyson. I, I, don't, I don't care. You don't? I give zero Fs. It's 2020. Really? If it's 1997, I'm all on board, but I'm, I don't. I'm not going to pay any money to watch Ew. this. But damn it, I want to. I will. I will find a stream on Reddit, and I will watch those highlights on Twitter to see Mike Tyson punch a guy out in 2020. <laughs> now, if that happens, okay, I might watch the highlights of it a lot. Now they're going to have some other matches on the card: boxers or MMA fighters, other kind of exhibition matches on the card in California. Uh, one though that's weird. So I don't. Do you? Are you familiar with the YouTuber Jake Paul? I'm not. I don't again YouTube sensation and he's really jacked. Like he has gone out a well a well out of his way. Like Andy, think of somebody that was in shape and then started a workout regimen like I've been on times three. Okay. And what that person could look like. Okay. So that's what he's known for. He's had a few celebrity boxing matches. I don't know what the backstory is here. But he's fighting NBA guard Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson is 5'9". I think Jake Paul's kind of big. So I'm not sure what the, where the beef is between these two. But it's just another fight to put on that card here in 2020. So if you, if you know either one of the guys, that's, that's what we have to look forward to. As far as entertainment goes, but none of that matters because baseball's back. Andy, next week we get to talk about hockey being back. There's NBA games being played right now in their bubble. It seems like sports are coming back and there is stuff to watch on TV. And right now that's all that matters. I'm sad that golf's uh, golf's time in the in the limelight is is coming to an end. Uh, as the only sport going that people could watch on television. Uh, but I, I am glad that everything else is coming back. We will uh, we'll be back with you next week. A lot of stuff coming up on Klabe's Online again this week. So we look forward to, uh, to having you join us there as well uh, while, uh, while we do so. Uh, everybody, just hey, keep wearing your masks. Let's try to get these numbers down. And then maybe we can actually go into the stadium and watch some of these sports over the next few months. Uh, that is going to do it for us today. For Andy Hanselman, I am Joe Roderick. You are listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura, right here on ClabesOnline.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura, here on ClabesOnline.com, now the exclusive home of Weekend Joe. Hey, St. Louis Acura has received the Precision Team Award 28 times more than any other Acura dealership in the United States. They have been serving the St. Louis area since 1986, located at 13720 Manchester Road in St. Louis. They are your premier realtor of new and used Acura vehicles in the nation that is Munganess St. Louis Acura the title sponsor here of Weekend Joe now on clavesonline.com <laughs>